0: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts,
3: Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality.
4: Hello, welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. I am Ken. I enjoy metal music, going to the cinema, uh, exercise, and my love language is whatever I can get. (laughs) uh welcome to the show i have jeff here with me jeff what's your love language
3: uh food
4: food neil coffee uh matt binary i think nobody knows what the love languages are is that right well for your for your information there are words of affirmation the giving of gifts bargaining uh admitting you have a problem capricorn and getting tied up
5: oh i'm a capricorn does that mean i have to get tied up (laughs) no (laughs) it's your choice oh oh i see Okay. Well, I think a love language is also like putting the dishes away apparently or yeah, cleaning the house. I think so. Okay. Cooking
4: Be- besides uh, mambo number 5. <laughs> Jeff, what's your love language?
5: I feel like Jeff's life is isn't complete uh, every day unless he has a fresh French baguette in his backpack when he comes home. <laughs> Seems like something Jeff would do.
3: No, my uh, my love language is opening the mail every day and
4: smelling the sweet, sweet cardboard. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. Well, clearly we're excited today. I'm going to be hosting for the first time in quite a long time. Might be a tough game, but it should be pretty fun. And Well, you've been writing
2: it for two years, so it's going to be really, really good. I really
4: have. Ahead. It took me forever to write this. And we have a special guest today joining us as a contestant, and that is Eric Walling. How are you doing today?
6: Good, guys. Thank you guys for having me on again. Uh, I think we're almost exactly a year from when I recorded in my basement way too close to an air conditioning vent. That's Mm. okay.
4: You know, we all make mistakes, but we're glad to have you back. You're a Dutch enthusiast on Patreon. We really, really appreciate that. And um, what are you doing out there in KC these days?
6: Yeah, so I just moved. So right now my love language is unpacking boxes. Um, That was Friday. And this is Sunday, so two days we have unpacked what feels like a million boxes, and we have two million left. Uh, Recently, um, been added to the roster as the uh, 750th member of the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. So I will be bringing, filling the gaps in all of their early 90s Texas Rangers uh, sports trivia that they've been dying to uh, get right. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to come back, uh, be on the other side. I've hosted twice haven't uh actually played a game so i um, very excited to see if uh the scouting report that i have on ken is is is, is right and and i get some questions good to here today
4: all right so that sounds good and uh congratulations on that new venture good luck on that show um thank look you forward to hearing you um yeah so without further ado i guess we can toss it over to the rules guy and we'll get this thing going
1: Oh yeah!
0: How did we get Marv Albert
5: to do that? I don't know.
4: It took it took a big check. I'll tell you that.
5: It yeah, it did. I, I figured he'd be a lot more expensive, but you know, there's a lot of people on Cameo that we don't know about. So now,
4: now we have to cancel the in ground pool that Triviality was going to build with the Patreon funds. That's right.
6: But um, oh, I saw, I thought you guys were getting bigger K cups. <laughs>
5: Yeah, yeah, the jumbo size K-Cups. Actually, with the in-ground pool, though, if we don't have the pool, at least we can still pay a pool boy, so whoever wants to be our pool boy or pool girl can can come over and hang out.
3: No, the in-ground pool, Ken did it a la Bob's Burger style, and he bought like a big metal tin, and we just dug a hole in the backyard. I've been so. shoveling
4: for weeks, guys. <laughs> All right, so well, let's get this thing started here. Um, Matt and uh, mm-hmm. Eric are going to be a team. Any idea what you guys want to be called? Maybe something sports-related?
2: Yeah, I got, I got an idea. Um, you know, quarantine seems to be ending. People are getting back out in the world, and it's time to lose those uh, quarantine pounds, I think. So I'm on a diet. Uh, Eric's a big Chiefs fan, so I think we're going to be kale to the Chiefs.
5: Mm, kale to the Chiefs. Neil and Jeff? Well, I know, Jeff, you're pretty excited about getting back to the gym. Uh, so maybe we can do something gym-related. Uh, I don't know if we want to be like the gym rats or... Uh, the gym neighbors. The gym, gym neighbors. Uh, I have
3: a feeling it's going to be the Stairmaster to Hell this week. So.
5: Oh, I like that. Stairmaster to Hell.
4: Oh, I like that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, just want to say again, you know, still be cautious out there, guys. It's it's winding down a little bit, but we still got to be careful. So be careful out there if you're going out to eat or going to the gym. Don't,
2: um, don't lick those doorknobs.
4: Don't lick the doorknobs. That that that's, a good, that's a good rule for life in general. <laughs> Alright so one last thing I want to say before we get started Um, This is a secret theme game It doesn't matter for you guys who are playing it But to the listeners If anybody can identify what the common thread through all these questions is um, Send us a private email And we will raffle off a t-shirt to anybody who gets it after the first week So just because you get it doesn't guarantee you a t-shirt It's going to be one t-shirt that we'll raffle off
3: that's uh, TrivialityPodcast at gmail.com, right, Ken?
4: Sounds good. If, if you say so, Jeff. <laughs> and without further ado, how about question one? Question one, Jeff, what's your favorite part of Mambo Number 5? Is it when he says trumpet? Trumpet.
3: <laughs> I forgot that part was in the song.
4: No. All right, question <laughs> one. Like the pals who state, all for one and one for all, there are actually three books that follow the adventures of the Musketeers and D'Artagnan. What is the name of the second installment, which takes place 20 years after the first and also contains a number in its title? Jeff and I uh, locked in over here if you
5: guys want to take a stab over there.
2: Um, Yeah, it would definitely be a stab. We have no idea, right? How how familiar
5: are Three Musketeers? Uh, I like
2: the candy and I've seen the movie. Right. So we're we're really good here. So uh, we locked in with uh, three musketeers to electric boogaloo because it's a classic and that's what we're doing.
5: I like it. All right. Jeff and I uh, were trying to figure out a title, but we're just not too familiar with this property. We lathered ourselves in nougat, uh, but all we could come up with is the fourth musketeer.
4: Well, during your guys' conversation, you said maybe it's a trick, and the title is All for One and One for All, and it was in the question. That is not correct, but the answer was in the question, because the answer is 20 years after. Just 20 oh. years after? 20 years after. Oh. Yep.
5: Oh, so it's basically like the uh, all the movies they've been making, like uh, The Bucket List and... Uh, lost Logan. Yeah, yeah, Logan, yeah, exactly
6: <laughs> It's just about the musketeers Installing a sunset or attractable awning
5: <laughs> Alright,
4: so let's move on to question two I think you guys might be able to get this one David Yost, Austin St. John And Walter Emanuel Jones May not be household names But they all might have been on our TVs As cast members of a popular TV show What show might that be?
2: You might
5: be giving some clues.
4: Uh, Mighty I, Morphin Power
3: Rangers?
5: Ooh, yes, that sounds right. Because Austin St. John, I thought, was a fictional character. So that's what I was having trouble with. So. Sounds
4: like a fictional character, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Maybe it's a stage name. Well, it,
3: it Speaking does. of stage names, I recently found out how Whoopi Goldberg came by her stage name. And it turns out that the whoopee is because she is a relentless farter. I guess. Oh my god. So she just embraced it. Yeah, people were saying she sounded like a whoopee cushion, so she's like, oh
5: fine. Like, and what, what's funny about that is Patrick Swayze in the movie Ghost was wasn't actually playing a ghost; it was just her fart that was in the <laughs> ether. Uh, do you want to go Mighty Morphin Power Rangers?
3: Yeah, I, I think I think that's what he's playing at.
5: Okay, all right, we'll lock in. Oh, okay. Um Yeah, I'm very familiar with
2: these names. Uh, David Yost, I believe, is the blue one, Austin's the red one, and Walter's the black one. I'm 100% sure these are Power Rangers.
4: Yep, Matt didn't even need the uh, big hint there. It is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Good job, guys.
5: Yeah, Austin St. John just sounded too fake to be a real person. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
4: number three, a music question. In the song High Lonesome, The band Gaslight Anthem makes a transparent reference To one of their influences The boss, Bruce Springsteen The lyrics go And at night I wake up with the sheets soaking wet It's a pretty good song, baby, you know the rest Though the title of the Springsteen song Quoted here contradicts the idea of being soaking wet What song is this a reference to? So in essence The part about the sheets being soaking wet Is in a Bruce Springsteen song What song is that?
5: Well, I wrote a song about being soaking wet. It was when I tried to make a tie-dye t-shirt with the American flag. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll go with your guy. I mean, you probably know more about Springsteen than I do. So I uh, don't. You want to go with Thunder Road or um, Glory Days? We can go Thunder Road. Thunder Road. All right, we'll lock in with Thunder Road over here. Okay, so
6: how familiar are you with the boss? Um, so the first song that popped into my head was, uh, everyone's favorite Courtney Cox vehicle, um, Dancing in the Dark. Right. And then, let's see, we said Glory Days, what yeah. else is there, Streets of Philadelphia.
4: One, mm-hmm. two, three, four! <laughs> <laughs> Had to
6: happen. He said, he said it'd be the
2: opposite of, of soaking wet, so dancing in the dark you'd perspire a little bit so i think that'd be very moist
4: very moist (laughs) undertaking
2: if you're if you're doing it right i think um i have no idea glory days is something right yeah well let's let's hope for the best and that these are our glory days and we're gonna lock in with that.
5: all right uh jeff uh, we had a little discussion what are you thinking about going for
3: yeah well um We couldn't figure out what was
4: dry, but we said when there's uh, rain, there's thunder. We said Thunder Road. Okay, no points on this one. I'm sorry. Um, It would be difficult to wake up with the sheets soaking wet if one was on fire. So the answer is I'm on fire. Oh. Oh, Oh, I'm on fire. All right, so let's move right along to number four before we dwell on that too much. (laughs) Around month seven of the pandemic, I finally got around to watching what David Lynch film that marked his first collaboration with Jack Nance and a crying baby named Spencer. The baby is also referenced in the Dead Kennedys' most unromantic song. Uh,
5: I can't remember which David Lynch film has the baby and well, can name
3: th- name some David Lynch films because I know uh, you know songs by the Dead Kennedys.
5: Uh, Blue Velvet. I was thinking that might be it. I don't know if it's a racer head. I don't think there's a baby in that.
3: Oh, yeah. No, it's a racer head.
5: A racer head? Yeah,
3: because, um, uh, dun dun in a racer head. That's lyrics from Too Drunk which would be a very unromantic Okay, Ed Kennedy song. I,
5: knew, I remember Ken saying he saw one of those recently, and I, I it makes sense that it would be a racer head, because that's- That makes a lot of sense. See, because the thing was, I was thinking Ken was thinking about Too Drunk mm-hmm. but
3: I, I wouldn't have gotten that without you knowing that that was the film, because those are lyrics in that song.
5: Okay, and I, I'm waiting for his long uh, uh, waited uh, follow-up uh, number two pencil. <laughs> All right, we are locked in.
6: Okay, so we um, kind of bounded back and forth a couple of things. One thing that popped into my head right away was Eraserhead. Uh, not hugely familiar with it, but it wouldn't surprise me if there was a weird dead baby in this weird movie, so we went with Eraserhead.
4: The correct answer is Eraserhead. Jeff had it right, right on. The Dead Kennedy song was uh, too drunk to do some stuff. And um, the baby was like this weird like alien-looking monster baby thing that just kept screaming.
3: Yeah, what are the lyrics in the song? Something like a baby in a ball racer You like
4: the baby in a racer head. There we go. So points all around. Number five is a simple common bond question. So I'm going to give you three words, and you tell me what word associates with all of them. And your words are electrical, worm, and sex. <laughs> sex
5: S E C T S or S E X. It's in. funny
3: you ask that because I <laughs> I was thinking about the word sex the other day, but the other one, S E C T S.
5: So uh the as yes, you do. The kale, what was it? Kale to the Chiefs?
4: Yeah, we're locked
2: in. They're
5: locked in. Oh, wow. So we just need to find out what the covalent bond of these three are?
4: Um, uh, Yeah,
5: I guess. I don't know. Is that accurate, Jeff? I guess. I don't know. I just know it's a physics term. I was just trying to sound smart. Uh, Electrical worm and sex, Jeff. Safe sex, safe electrical, (laughs) safe worm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Grounded electrical, grounded sex. I should give them one minute timer on this one. Yeah. Uh, Electric slide. Worm slides, no. <laughs> Worm slides. Sex slide, yeah. The old sex slide. You, from
2: Fear Factor.
5: Yeah, you go into a bowling alley and they put extra lube on the track. <laughs> Speaking of
4: slides, um, we're going to have to cancel the slide that goes from our studio into the in-ground pool, too. Oh,
1: yeah,
5: exactly. Uh, I don't know, Jeff. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. We'll
3: tap out, I guess. Yeah,
5: tap out. Um, Matt, well, care to enlighten?
2: Yeah, I guess it's got to be something super simple. Is also the name of my sex tape. Uh, we're looking at tapes.
4: Yep, oh. that is all tape. <laughs> tape goes with all those. Electrical tape, tapeworm, and sex tape.
2: Yeah, because if I didn't want the kale, I could always just get a tapeworm. So that also works.
4: I'm very pleased that that question actually split the teams. <laughs> I, was not, I was worried if it was too easy or too hard, and it was just right. It was in the Goldilocks zone. That's an (laughs) intense sex tape. The
5: Goldilocks, uh. After five questions, it looks like Kale to the Chiefs are in the lead with 30 points and Stairmaster to Hell right behind them with 20. All right,
4: question six is another music question, but in a very different genre. Katy Perry included two bizarre song title misspellings on her 2008 album, One of the Boys. The first, the quite problematic You're So Gay. The second, a much more popular single, which followed I Kissed a Girl and hit number three on the Billboard Hot 100. What is this dichotomous song? And spelling doesn't count, because if it's good enough for Katy Perry, it's good enough for me.
3: This is California Girls, right? Because th- it's G-U-R-L-S?
5: I thought so, but I don't think You're So Gay is on that album. I think that's on her album before. Uh, so that's why uh, he what, what he said dichotomy. Uh oh dichotomous Dichotomous song so what does that mean
3: so like two things that don't pair together
5: hot and cold hot and you're cold yeah Yeah. because because that's right after that's on the album i kissed a girl because that's when she's uh in the wedding dress
2: okay okay Um, okay so first i was thinking of california girls uh shout out to lita george for that one one. does yeah um (laughs) but that's a later album so eric what did you think it was
6: yeah, I was. You said that there was a dichotomy in the title, and I thought, going very familiar with her back catalog, I went with hot and cold.
4: All right, both teams getting points. The answer is hot, mm,
5: cold. Oh, so it is the N
4: apostrophe thing. Yeah, yeah, or just, or, an or N. maybe just an N. Just an N, yeah. Yeah. So she doesn't like spelling stuff correctly. <laughs>
5: no, it it, it seems that to work out for her though. Yeah, she's doing all right. Yeah and fireworks has a z i think <laughs> does it really no, no.
4: all right
6: <laughs> no it's w-e-r-k-f-y-r-e
4: i don't know why i wrote In a Katy perry Fest. question it's not like i listen to Katy perry all right number seven this one's a bit of a number guess so it's gonna be a little tough the golden poison dart frog is just so cute i want to hold it and cuddle it and let it live inside my beard This would be a bad idea, however, because it contains a deadly nerve toxin, which would kill me easily with toxin to spare. Containing one milligram of poison, how many humans could one frog dispatch? And so I have the answer given to me in a range of 10 human souls. So I want you to pick a number, and if it's inside that range, you get points. Jeff, do you like uh,
5: 25,
4: or do you want to go...
3: Oh, I think this thing is deadly. I'm thinking you like 150.
4: Okay, I'll
2: oh go with that. God. They're going 150. Do you think this One frog milligram. is
4: long? One milligram, 150.
2: That's a very deadly frog. Um,
4: it's a nerve toxin. I, so, uh, all
2: right. Well, I think I think it's a little lower. Um, do you want to go with with the the old
6: standby? 42 is the answer to everything. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it's yeah. The life, the universe, and everything. 42 it's, seems seems. Like a sweet spot. Yeah. We're, we're going to lock them with 42.
4: All right. Well, compared to your answers, uh, now the frog doesn't seem so deadly. <laughs> it is 10 to 20 humans mm. can be killed by one milligram of this poison. Uh, that is roughly 10,000 mice or two elephants. And if you thought about it in terms of grams, one gram could take out approximately 15,000 humans.
6: Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus.
5: 15,000? Yep. Wow. If you do the math. Oh, man. All right.
6: I see one of those guys. I'm running. <laughs> it's good advice.
4: Little bastards. All right. A uh, little bit of a lighter question. Number eight. Proof that we live in the darkest timeline has been abundant for the last few years. However, the hypothesis is made more clear by the fact that Robert Downey Jr., Eddie Murphy, and Rex Harrison have all played what title character?
5: We can lock in.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I know this one, too. You got it? Is this uh, Sherlock Holmes? Uh, Am I right? No, Eddie, you said Robert Downey Jr., Eddie Murphy, and who else? Rex, Rex Harrison. Harrison. Uh, Dr. Doolittle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Yep, and yes. we, we locked in with uh, Dr. Doolittle.
4: Yep, they all talk to animals in Dr. Dr. Doolittle. Did we need the Robert Downey Jr. Doctor Doolittle? Is the question?
0: Mm-hmm. Probably no. not.
5: I don't even think he wanted it, but I'm sure the money came through. He quit Iron Man, and the very next movie he does is Doctor <laughs> Doolittle. Give what, me a break. What would have been better is if he, you know, stepped into the shoes of Rex Harrison from My Fair Lady, and instead of training uh, uh, Mary Golightly... or no, that's I'm sorry, that's instead at uh, Tiffany's. Uh, uh, anyway, instead of him training. Um, uh, What's her name? Eliza Doolittle. There, thank there you. you. Go. Oh, ah, Doolittle. Eliza uh, Doolittle. Oh. Uh, he could have been training a uh, a pointed frog or whatever you said to be human.
2: <laughs> to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> to oh. commit murder.
4: Perfect crime. <laughs> I'd watch that movie, for sure. <laughs> All right. Next question number nine. With four to five million people worldwide, and their largest populations in China, Vietnam, and Laos. What indigenous group received more widespread awareness in the United States after a St. Paul community was featured in the film Gran Torino? While some depictions of their culture in the film received some negative reaction, the film was praised by others, citing its authentic casting and deep characterizations.
5: We'll lock in over here.
3: Yep, and I'm about to get off Neil's lawn, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, all I know about that movie is the lawn.
6: i don't know (laughs) i don't (laughs) i could see a car rolling slow by clint eastwood's house and him smoldering on the porch yeah lawnmower (laughs) man
3: Um, i don't even think in his 20s clint eastwood was smoldering let's be honest
2: (laughs) (laughs) um um, do you you have no idea do
6: you i got nothing
2: yeah and In order to avoid being saying something insensitive, we are not going to answer your question.
5: I we're, figured, we're I figured that might that. happen. Yeah, I uh, remember this movie uh, pretty well. Uh, his neighbors uh, invited him over for uh, for some cookouts, and and he got to know the uh, the young neighbor next door. And I believe it is the Hmong culture.
4: Yes, it is the Hmong culture. Uh, sometimes spelled with an H, sometimes without, depending on the specific group of Hmong people. So good job, you guys get points. And number 10, this one might be a little bit for Matt in a way, and a little bit for Jeff in a way. Oh. Let's finish out the round <laughs> strong.
6: It's a sad sports question.
4: Here you go. Here I am. If you want to identify if my biceps are harder than Jeff's pecs, you're gonna to want to use this scale. Thank you, ma'am.
6: So
2: so you're looking for the the scale for bicep arms?
4: No, just the scale for hardness. Let's
2: yeah, I, that's uh, Moe's lines from Uncle Family Feedback. But I don't. I don't. Is it the Mo scale? Um, Am I thinking too hard? No, Probably.
6: I'm trying to think of. Um, no, I mean, if that's what the clues point to, Rockwell is is more of and a. He metal, said it was so. for me, so that would be uh,
2: a Simpsons related thing, then. Sure. Let's go with. Let's say Mo.
4: <laughs> oh, let's say Mo. What do you have, Jeff? Yeah, it's uh, it is Mo's. Yeah, it's spelled M O H S, but it is the Mo's scale. It's not the family feedback scale. No.
2: <laughs> like, please take the fries off my head. They're incredibly hot.
5: After one round, uh, we have tied it up uh, over here, sixty to sixty.
4: That is what I call perfection, right there in difficulty. 60 to 60. I appreciate myself. <laughs> Good job, Ken. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go ahead and swing on in to the swing round. I'm passing around the fishbowl. Uh, put your keys in there and we'll get started. Today we are going to be working with alter egos. I'm going to give you the real name of a person. They're mostly fictional. And you're going to give me their famous alter ego. So for these, I'm going to also tell you um, what they're from. Um, mostly well known for, but it, there could be some crossover. So if I say TV, it could be comics and TV and film. But right, it, you know, I'd be going on forever if if I said all of them. But I try to be as inclusive as I could. So is Eric uh,
2: movies, mobile phone games? Yeah, exactly. So you yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
5: Obscure 1968 album covers. Yeah, <laughs> I know Eric uh, has a side uh, hip hop career. Uh, is his alter ego uh, Bartholomew Sheffield going to be included? <laughs>
6: <laughs> guys, you're no. not supposed to tell people about that
4: <laughs> Alright, so if you guys are ready I will give you the real names The first one is Doreen Eileen Green And she is mostly known for comics The second one is Miley Stewart Mostly known on TV The next one is Dr. John Osterman From Graphic Novel and TV Number four, Thomas A. Anderson from Mostly Film. Uh, Number five, Ranger John Reed, uh, TV, film, comics, etc. The next one is A Real Person, uh, Mark Sinclair. And if you need help with this one, I recommend you consult with your family. The next one, Adrian Toombs. From Comics and Film. Uh, number eight, Cara Zorel from Comics TV, etc. Number nine, Jame Gum from Literature Film. And number 10, Riri Williams from Comics.
5: All right, we'll uh, take a look over here and let the other guys talk and uh, hopefully be back with some right answers.
1: So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, and before we get to those answers, I just want to remind you all that we have a Patreon. You know, that's the way that we keep our show going and running. We're really happy to have Eric with us. He is a Patreon supporter. You can join him at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Get some perks for yourself, including some of our wonderful bonus episodes Uh, including the Crop Drop, which we introduced last year, one of my
4: absolute favorites. And uh,
3: just check it Mm
4: -hmm. out.
2: Yeah, and priority booking to be on the show, which is great.
4: True. And I was just kidding about the pool, guys. We're not wasting your money like that, we promise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's that time to pull the keys back out of the bowl and see who we got. Let's get the answers for the swing round. Number
5: one, Doreen Aline Green from Comics. Yeah, we thought maybe... uh... Rizzo from Greece had her own comic, so we said Rizzo. Uh,
6: we thought she may have been one one of the uh, myriad Green Lanterns.
4: It's not a bad guess. Um, this was one of the harder ones. I uh, wanted to start you off with a challenge, and it is Squirrel Girl. Mm. Oh no! The famous <laughs> Squirrel
5: Girl. <laughs>
2: Uh, spoiler, one of our future answers will be wrong as well.
5: (laughs) I remember when, uh, some of our friends were into hero clicks forever, uh, people would hate when someone would pull out Squirrel Girl because she's so powerful. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, I know. You'd think you'd want to have Squirrel Girl on your team.
4: All right, number two, Miley Stewart from
3: TV. Pretty sure that this answer contains the best of both worlds, and we said Hannah
4: Montana.
2: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, also said Hannah Montana.
4: That is correct. It is hannah montana nearly what alexis texas but that was a porn or something evidently it's a porn star yes but you guys both got five points evidently evidently (laughs) based on my research
3: (laughs) it didn't take long to figure out that it is indeed a porn star
4: quick google search all right uh number three dr john osterman from graphic novel and
5: tv the only hint here was the the graphic novel to TV, and we, we couldn't really figure it out, but we, we thought maybe it's Dr. Manhattan because of uh, Watchmen's popularity of the last year.
6: Yep, we had a similar line of thinking. We also went with Dr. Manhattan.
5: Yes,
4: named for his affinity for simple cocktails, it is Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> That was stupid. I'm sorry. I apologize to all <laughs> listeners. All right. Dr.
2: Negroni in some regions. Yes.
4: Number four, Thomas A. Anderson, a.k.a. Mr. Anderson. Mr.
3: Anderson. Yep, yeah, we, uh, we knew right away this was Neo.
4: Um, we didn't
2: know right away, but until, uh, I think Eric said something like, who is this Mr. Anderson? And then it kind of clicked, so ah. we said Neo.
4: Yes, of course, you guys are right. I uh, have to throw the Matrix in there. It is Neo. Number five, uh, surprisingly challenging. I thought this was a gimme, but Ranger John
5: Reed from TV, uh, film, comics, etc. We had the longest conversation on this one, and it sounds very, very familiar, but we just could not pull it. We didn't know if it was uh, a soldier or Uh, maybe like a space ranger or something but we just ended up going with ranger rick
6: yeah we thought this guy didn't have very many friends out on the frontier uh so we went with the lone ranger
5: it is the lone ranger Mm -hmm. i thought
4: i thought giving you the ranger would uh
5: would seal the deal (laughs) i didn't even think of lone ranger i thought he'd have a cooler name but i don't know (laughs) no that's why he changed the lone ranger yeah right (laughs) he's from like early
4: american like you know Comics and TV, so he's got a pretty pretty boring name, I guess. Mm-hmm. Number six, a real person named Mark Sinclair, and if you need help, consult with your family. Um,
3: I'm going to take a guess on this one. I'm going to guess this is Mark Summers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we we were thinking this guy also hosted Family Double. There, <laughs> we
4: said Mark Summers. Did you figure it out, Neil? I, I got or it. If you I... consult with your family.
5: oh 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 it's vince uh vin diesel it is
4: vin diesel surprisingly not his real name
6: i'm sorry quentin
5: Uh, my friend shark enthusiast (laughs) it's not his real head either he just wears a bald cap me too number
4: (laughs) seven adrian tombs comics film etc
5: I didn't know this one at all. Uh, I have to give it up for Jeff, if it is correct. Uh, we were thinking it was uh, in the MCU, and we locked in with Vulture.
6: Yep, Matt pulled this one. This was uh, um, Michael <laughs> Keaton. Michael Keaton, yeah, sorry. Michael <laughs> Keaton's character from the Spider-Man films, that's Vulture.
4: Yes, I really enjoy when he turns around with the gun in the car. So <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant scene. It is the Vulture. It really is great. Having just rewatched that, gonna get good... nuts. <laughs> that is Batman, um, not included in this uh, portion of the game. Number eight, Kara Zorel. Big hint on the name there, comics TV. Yeah, we know,
3: um, el um, which of course is famously the name of uh Nicholas's cage's kid. Uh, but we know this is Supergirl.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, also said Supergirl.
4: That is correct. Good job, guys. (laughs) Uh, Ten lumps of kryptonite per team. All right. Number nine, Jame Gum, literature and film. Uh,
3: Jame Gum. Um, Don't know. So we guessed uh, this was Sherlock Holmes. Gumshoe. (laughs) Gumshoe.
6: Uh, yeah, this guy asked me to help him put a couch in the back of his truck or his van one time and I luckily dodged a bullet there. This is Buffalo Bill.
4: It is Buffalo Bill. And oh. might I say, Neil, your skin is looking very smooth today. <laughs> would you, would you f- I'd f- Oh, no. we can't use that i'm gonna do, pu- do you got goodbye horses on that uh, soundboard this time neil
5: i should but if, if that song comes on though i immediately do get naked so you don't want that to happen. i know we've seen it
4: all right last one number 10 and uh man neil was horribly mm-hmm. close to the correct answer on this one uh, riri williams the other really challenging one i thought
5: Yeah, we had a long conversation. This sounded so familiar to me. I know there's a character in the comics uh, who is a young girl who I think is like a scientist or really into um, physics and things like that, like Tony Stark. And I think she becomes Iron Man, kind of. like. And uh, I didn't know what her name was. So we just kind of locked in with Iron Girl because it was in that world.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the one that we thought might potentially have been Squirrel Girl, but we know that we're wrong. So there you go.
4: Yeah, like I said, Neil, very close on this one. It's Ironheart. Ooh, okay.
5: (laughs) Might be seeing her in the MCU sometime soon. I figured, yeah. It it was a cool character. After the swing round, it looks like Kale to the Chiefs has taken a slight lead with 95 points, but right on their tail, moving in forward motion, is Stairmaster to Hell with 85 points.
4: It's the worst kind of hill to climb. It's tough. And uh, we're in for a tough second round. Question number one. What practice of martial arts is divided into different techniques called waza, such as nage waza, kateme waza, and ateme waza? The last represents body striking techniques and is explicitly banned from standard competition.
5: So we're thinking Japan. Yes, those Uh,
4: sound
3: Japanese, which immediately rules out things like taekwondo, because that's Korean.
5: Uh, So I was thinking it's probably between... Karate uh, and judo? Karate and judo, yeah. Okay. Well, if body strikes are banned... I mean, judo is all about the throwing and the the submissions and stuff. So, I mean, maybe they don't want people punching each other in the competitions. It's more about, like, getting the submission and and throwing them over your shoulder, that kind of thing. Okay. Do you want to go with that, I guess?
3: Yeah, because I feel like karate would be a trap answer, so...
5: Yeah, okay. We will lock in with judo over here. Yeah, Um, we
6: were... We were thinking about um, martial arts types that don't have much striking in them. Uh, went through a couple of them and ended up landing on jujitsu. jitsu
4: Okay. Uh, we have one jujitsu jitsu and one hei-judo, and the correct answer is judo.
5: Oh. All right. Nice uh, conversation. I'm glad we went that way.
4: All right. Number two, a is a drink that often goes by another more common name. However, this common name is specifically wrong because it contains an ingredient that a tisane must lack. What is this ingredient? Tisane is spelled T-I-S-A-N-E.
2: Do you think that this is a Long Island
6: iced tea? Yeah, it could be. There's definitely not iced tea in a Long Island iced tea. Right. And I, I would imagine it originally had a name
2: before it became called that. Right.
5: I have no idea uh, on this uh, I can't really think of a good everyday beverage that uh, could be named something else.
3: Yeah, my my feeling is it's some kind of tea but I don't I can't get any more specific than that.
5: Should we try tea and if he asks to be more specific we'll just pick something? Sure. That's what we'll do. Okay, gentlemen.
2: Well, we went a little more specific with tea. We think that I don't remember them making sun tea behind the bar too often. I thought that this might be a long island iced tea, so we locked in with long island iced tea.
4: All right, you guys are both in the right direction here. Um I'm gonna give points to the Stairmaster to Hell or whatever it was. Stairmaster to Heaven. What'd you say? Stairmaster to Hell. Yeah, All Stairmaster to right. Heaven's not allowed. <laughs> Um, the correct answer is tea, because a tisane is the other name for an herbal tea. So mm. herbal tea doesn't actually have the tea plant in it.
2: I should have said, I can be less specific if you need me to. And then we would have been fine.
4: <laughs> well, Long Island iced tea doesn't have... Yeah, Long, Long Island, Island in so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so points to Stairmaster. And number three, a little bit of geography. The Great Dividing Range is the fifth largest land-based mountain range on the planet and is located entirely on the eastern coast of what country? When scouting for Lord of the Rings locations, Peter Jackson may have passed on this country in favor of New Zealand due to a lack of ringwraith activity on Mount Feathertop, which is less of a clue and more of an excuse for me to say Mount Feathertop because it rhymes with weathertop.
5: So, Jeff, I will lean in uh, to you on this question because all I can think of is United States for some reason, and I don't think it's that simple.
4: Um,
3: well, I, I don't think it's that simple either, but I couldn't think of a better answer. So we said the United States.
2: Mm, we, were, we were slightly across the Atlantic. Uh,
6: we ended up somewhere in, somewhere in Eurasia. What were we thinking, Art? Yeah, we... Uh, We're throwing out some countries there and came across one that we thought it would sound cool if we got it right. So we went with Azerbaijan.
4: Okay, well, I thought with all your minds on Australian footy recently, you might come up with Australia. Also, the English name of Mount
5: Feathertop might have tipped you off, but it is Australia.
4: It's funny.
2: It did not tip us off.
5: <laughs> it, it, this isn't on the recording, but uh, Ken said, oh, I made a Lord of the Rings joke. Don't take it too seriously. But my guess would have been Australia to film in because it's right, you know, yeah, right, with the tax credit right. right by New Zealand. But yeah, that's okay. Ken right. forces me again with his ring power. <laughs> Got to watch it. All right. Number
4: four. The word jeans, as in mom jeans, not as in Ken, you're swimming in the shallow end of the gene pool is derived from the French pronunciation of what Italian city, which is believed to have been the
5: origin of denim? Uh, so we're looking, so jeans is a French pronunciation of an Italian city, is what you're right.
4: saying? Right. Okay. Genoa?
5: Oh, yeah, that's that's where the salami comes from or whatever, right? <laughs>
4: yeah. That's what's inside the jeans.
5: Mmm.
3: Mmm.
5: 12-inch salami. Uh. <laughs> um. Yeah, John Holmes. When That's because Ken do, knows
3: you can't sneak food across the border illegally, so right. he's hiding them salamis.
5: The reason John Holmes was so popular along, uh, among adult film actresses <laughs> is because he actually just had a real twelve-inch salami and they ate lunch. Um, uh, yeah, Geno fine. I mean,
3: I I've heard this story. I've, I've heard the origin of jeans.
5: It's got to be your gut then, because I mean, you said it right away. It's got to be it. I,
3: it's the only one I could think of. I mean, it's not like Venice or Florence or Rome or. Do you want to go with that? Yes, we will go with Genoa. Or gen or, or
4: however you pronounce it. Okay, you fellas are up.
2: So we started naming every Italian city we know. I'm and stopped you- to <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think it's like I don't think it's a, a Rome or Naples or Venice.
5: How did I forget yeah. about Naples? Oh, I'll show you my Naples right now.
2: Well maybe with uh Genoa.
6: Ooh. Yeah, Genoa is a city, and it could be. It sounds like. Mispronounced. Well, yep. correctly pronounced in French. Well, incorrect. Yeah, we'll say
2: pronounced. pronounced. Yeah, <laughs> Frenchly pronounced. We'll say uh, Genoa.
3: We too said Genoa or Genoa.
4: You guys are both right.
5: Good job. Ten points apiece, Genoa. Cool, Matt. That was a hard one, and and uh, it seems like you guys were onto it right away. Props. Number five.
4: I tried to read a sci-fi horror classic, but I ended up grabbing the wrong book, and instead I read the similarly titled Novel by Ellison, which explored black nationalism, Marxism, and personal identity, presented with just a bit of existential absurdism. What did I just read? We can, can look in. in.
2: Wow. Oh, no. So, sci-fi horror, I always answer Dune, and it's always wrong. So, okay. so that's not so helpful. So today's the day? Today today is the day. I would ex- I, I mean Ken would write a dude in question, I think. No, I don't think this is it, but
6: um So I'm thinking sci-fi horror when he said classic, I was thinking of something more along the lines of your Frankensteins and your Draculas and your mm-hmm. swamp things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a book about Creature from the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Ain't nothing a but a swamp it? Fang. That's the best Louisiana Snoop Dogg. <laughs> uh, what a,
2: sci-fi horror classic? Uh, Red Planet. Oh God. Are we getting farther away? <laughs> <Not> much. <laughs> Blade. Blade Runner, or I don't know. I don't know. You can pick one. Do You like Swamp Thing? Sure, or creature from the Black Lagoon. That's sure. Creature like that. from the Black Lagoon. We don't know.
3: Yeah. Um. If if this is the Ellison book in question, I'm pretty sure I had read it. Um. And we went with The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, oh, the sci-fi turn. horror classic is The Invisible Man, and the Ellison version is Invisible, Invisible Man. Man. So Bang. we'll be getting points.
5: And after five, the tables have turned. Mr. Bond. Uh, How like the turntables tables, tables turn. The staircase to hell has uh, increased the difficulty on the machine. We are at 125 and kale to the chiefs with 105.
4: Moving on to number six, an auto stereogram may not be initially recognizable to you, but if you look back to your childhood, I'm sure you're familiar with it under another name taken from a book series that popularized them.
5: What is an auto stereogram? So I don't think it's the books that have the audio, the kids' books where you press the the buttons. No, um, mm. this is not my speaking spell. Those. Could it be uh, choose your own adventure
3: books? For some reason, what popped into mind for me, funny enough, was uh, pop up books.
5: But I- I'm fine with that. I mean, it, it you know it, it makes sense. It's it's an old type book that um, could have been named something different. It's definitely something I had a lot of in childhood. So. Okay, well, let's lock in with pop-up books.
2: Mm, I think that it's a kind of a pop-up book, but the pop-ups never popped up for me because I couldn't figure out how to use these. I think it's a magic eye.
4: The correct answer is magic eye. That makes way more sense. Yeah, they might might not be initially recognizable to you, but if you look back to your
5: childhood, mm. yep. What is a magic eye? I don't even know what that is.
4: That is those uh, jumbly looking pictures. You're supposed to stare at, and then something oh. emerges. But the the trick isn't that you cross your eyes, which a lot of people try. It's that you look beyond the picture. Mm. So you look at a, f- you adjust your eyes so it would fo- Your focal point would be further than the picture is. Okay. That's how you do it. It's good.
6: It's good life advice, too.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Here, I'll I'll send you a magic eye, Neil. Oh, no, please. Keep your pants on. (laughs) Number seven. What do the following fictional characters have in common besides the fact that they're fictional? He-Man, Princess Leia, Scarlet Witch, and Halle Parker, and Annie James. I'm going to give you guys a clue on this one. And the clue is Helly Parker and Annie James. I do not expect you to recognize those names. It is simply to be funny and to close off all other possibilities of answers. So don't think too hard about those names.
5: Well, He-Man at least in the movie, I don't know if this is like this in the in the um the lore or whatever, but He-Man gets um displaced from his home planet. Does he have he- a twin? Um Hmm. Because Princess Leia has a twin, right? With Luke? Yeah, they're, twins. they're twins. Scarlet, Witch, Scarlet and... Witch
3: and her brother, are they twins?
5: Yeah, her and Pietro, yeah. They're, they're twins, They're twins, right? Yeah. Maybe He-Man does... Oh, maybe he has a twin sister, actually, from the movie. I'm trying to think. I think that might be right. It's either that or they're displaced from their home, and then they, they make their, their... Not their living, but they're on another planet because He-Man comes to Earth, Princess Leia comes to um, Tatooine or whatever, and then Scarlet Witch comes to Earth, but... She's from Earth, so.
3: I say like, she was always
5: on Earth. I think. Yeah, you just want to say twins. That's good. I think so. Okay. Um.
2: Yeah. So this was a tough one. Um. Then I start. We started thinking about what. What are these people kind of are known for? And uh, having just seen all of Wandavision, very familiar with Scarlet's. Uh, Scarlet Witch's twin brother, Pietro. And then Princess Leia also potentially has one. Luke, they kiss. It's kind of weird in retrospect. Um, <laughs> he, He-Man and She-Ra not making out. But I think we're going to go with they have twins.
3: Yeah, we uh, we had a parallel answer and said
4: Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Twins. That's right? Yes, they are all twinsies. Uh, He-Man, uh, She-Ra, Princess Leia has Luke. Scarlet Witch has uh, Pietro a.k.a. Quicksilver, and Hallie Parker and Annie James are both Lindsay Lohan in Parent Trap.
5: That makes sense.
4: That's funny. All right. Number eight, Usain Bolt was born to be fast since he has such a cool last name. He is the world record holder for the 100-meter sprint with a time of 9.58 seconds. What prolific sprinter holds the second place for the hundred meter with a pathetic time of nine point six three seconds, the current Olympic record? What do you think
2: about this? Is your sports question? Come on, this
4: is it. <laughs> this is one of three sports questions. You already had the judo question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you son. Of a... <laughs>
5: Uh, My only thought here on this question is uh, a runner who was popular when I was younger. He wore gold shoes, and that's I think it's Michael Johnson, but for me it would just be Johnson. But you you said maybe it's a trick question?
3: Yeah, I thought maybe it could be Usain Bolt also has the other record, since the the other one was an Olympic record?
5: So he has the world record and the Olympic record.
3: Yeah, but which would just be slower. That that would be my guess, but I'm comfortable to go with whatever you want.
5: No, I, I like your idea that it's a trick because of would be calling uh, his second uh, feat also pathetic, even though it's the same guy. So yeah, let's go Usain Bolt.
2: Mm. That makes us question some things. What did I, we talk
5: about, Erica? Yeah,
6: we just bypassed all of those clues mm-hmm. and started thinking about other prolific sprinters in the time frame. I knew that, you know, Justin Gatlin had a pretty fast time in the In the 100, and I remember Michael Johnson being more of a 200-400 guy, so we went with the different American, Justin Gatlin.
4: And uh, holding the the world record, Usain Bolt, holding the Olympic record with a time of 9.63 seconds, also Usain Bolt. Mm. (sighs) So good job picking up the the, uh, trick there. For number 9, in December of 2012... Chinese scientists use the phase lag of the Earth's tides during full and new moons to calculate the speed of what? And I promise the answer to this question is not Usain Bolt.
5: <laughs> yeah, Jeff, I'm I'm, I'm having uh, trouble with this one. I was thinking of a, an experiment that had to do with pipes and water measuring like the speed of atoms or something like that, and it's definitely not the right answer. No, so.
3: there's definitely a gravitational experiment. I can't remember which one that you're thinking of was run that way, but... Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think, obviously it was measured with tides based on a period with the moon, but I've got absolutely no idea, um, what speed they would be measuring. So, uh, we'll just take a really dumb guess and we'll say they were measuring the speed of the moon.
2: (laughs) That's how fast it drives. Um. Yeah, we thought we're thinking, you know, 2012, it was too early to measure the taste of the tide pod. So we kind of were thinking of some other things. Uh, Eric, what did we end up with?
6: Yeah, I was thinking of um, when you said the lag in the phases of the tide, I was thinking of maybe it's how long it takes to catch up to where the moon's position is. So we said um, the speed of the moon or the moon's rotation.
4: All right. Um you guys are kind of getting there a little bit, but the tides are caused by the moon's gravitational pull, and so they're measuring the speed of gravity. Oh, which man. Is,
2: we said that. We were, but we
4: did. Which is the speed of light, by the way. And the last question, number 10. Hopefully you guys can get this one and close it out on a good note. Coca-Bolo is not a place you get there fast and take it slow. But Dave Coulier would tell you it is, in fact, a variety of what commodity? Um, um Coco Bolo. Coco Bolo.
3: Oh, didn't he wear like tie-dye shirts all the time on the show or Hawaiian, uh, Hawaiian shirts? No. Bowling shirts? Could have worn Hawaiian shirts. I don't know.
5: He had the he had the beaver
3: or chipmunk. It was a woodchuck. Woodchuck. That's woodchuck erasure, you yep. bastard. Uh
5: chipmunk. Woodchuck. Woodchuck. Sorry. What does, a, what, what does a woodchuck have a commodity? Wo- um, nothing, right? Wood? That was terrible. Puppets? I have no idea. No,
3: I mean, wood is a commodity.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say wood? <laughs> I have no a idea. The coco
3: bolo tree? I mean, that could be a thing. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a legit. <laughs> Yeah. It sounds legit. I mean, the woodchuck knew a lot about wood,
5: so. All right. Well, well let's lock in with lock the, in with wood. With wood.
2: All right, so we, we were going through every Uncle Joey thing we know, and then you guys asked us to cut it out and answer already. And uh, so his last name was, yes, thank you, Jeff. He's, he's motioning it out. Uh, last name was Gladstone, so we thought maybe it's some kind of stone or something like that. But then Ranger Joe, he had that stupid woodchuck who asked if anyone had any wood, and I think it might be wood, some kind of wood. So we're, we're locking in with some wood.
4: And we too said wood. Yes, Cocobolo is an exotic <laughs> type of <laughs> world. So good job, guys. It is wood.
2: I said uh, something. Kent's very familiar with the show, so it might be a deeper cut than just his name or his catchphrase.
5: After 10 questions, at the end of regulation, it looks like Team Kale to the Chiefs is going to have 135 points to use in the final round, and Team Stairmaster to Hell will have 155.
4: Your final round categories today. Number one, You Are What You Eat. Number two, Music for a Pandemic. Number three, Water Under the Bridge, a.k.a., I dare you to wager on a quantum physics question. Number four, not a question about hawks. And number five, one last chance to hoist yourself with your own
5: petard. All the wagers are now locked in. Let's hear those questions, Ken.
4: All right, number one, you are what you eat. Assuming there's truth in the adage, you are what you eat, and Dr. Lecter made a midnight snack of your hallocks. What would he expect to be transformed into by morning? Number two, Music for a Pandemic. Mom, can I please get the cure to the worldwide pandemic? She says, No, we have the cure at home. But the cure at home is this album, which features the singles Love Song, Lullaby, and Pictures of You. And oddly enough, the album title also describes my mental state during said pandemic. Number three, Water under the bridge, a.k.a. I dare you to wager on a quantum physics question. What Israeli-American physicist with a knack for studying hydrogen is best known for being the R in the EPR paradox and playing second fiddle to Einstein in wormhole nomenclature? Should have wagered more. Number four, not a question about hawks. Tony Hawk is a pretty good skater, but this is a question about somebody that is not Tony Hawk. What Brazilian-American skater of partially Swedish descent is known for being on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and pulling off tricks such as the Fakie 900, the one-footed Smith grind, and grinding his ass right into the Grand Canyon? And number five, one last chance to hoist yourself with your own petard. For tis the sport to have the engineer hoist with his own petard, says Hamlet in the play Hamlet, This common phrase essentially means to be thwarted by one's own plans or makings. But what is a
5: petard? All right, we will go over these and be back with our answers.
0: Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities.
1: The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media.
5: All the answers are now locked in. Let's see who will come out victorious.
4: Question number one, you are what you eat. Assuming there's truth in the adage that you are what you eat, and Dr. Lecter made a midnight snack of your hallux, what could he expect to transform into by morning?
5: We wagered 15 on this one, and we know that uh, in *Science of the Lambs he mentions he'll eat someone's liver with a nice uh, Chianti and fava beans. But uh, we were looking at Hannibal, where he was eating Ray brain, so we said brain.
2: Hmm. Uh, we wagered 30 on this one, and Eric, what did we come around
6: with? Yeah, we kind of bounced a few different body parts off of each other in a in Ooh. a metaphorical way Okay, and ended up with, uh, on ear or eardrum, ear.
4: Okay. Well, Hannibal Lecter wakes up in the morning, takes a good look in the mirror, and he is a big toe. Mm. <laughs> All right, number two, music for Pandemic. Basically, what Cure album has the singles Love Song, Lullaby, and Pictures of You, and it describes my mental state? Oh, mental state. I thought you said stuff you were doing
3: in the pandemic. <laughs> so we're not guessing pornography then. Um oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure um, for 10 points we wager now. That's right. Okay, so we wager 10 points on this one, and we think the Cure album in
4: question is Disintegration.
2: Hmm. <laughs> We wagered 30, and we concur. Disintegration.
4: That is right. It is the best care album. Disintegration, in my opinion. No angry emails, please, sad boys. Please, at Ken. (laughs) Sad boys. All right, number three, Water Under the Bridge, a.k.a. I Dare You to Wager on a Quantum Physics Question. I tried to bait Jeff here, and I don't think he took it. Basically, what Israeli-American physicist, who is known for studying hydrogen, is best known for being the R in the EPR paradox, and playing second fiddle to Einstein in wormhole nomenclature?
3: Yeah, so we wagered 15 points on this one, and I am very sad I didn't take you up on it, because I'm pretty confident that this is Rosen.
2: Mm. We wagered zero, and Eric, what do you know about nuclear fission,
6: or whatever this is? Nuclear If I told you, I'd have to kill you. Uh, So we wagered a whopping zero. And since we couldn't think of an Israeli American physicist that met this, I'm going to go with my favorite Rangers manager. That is the R stood for Ron Washington.
4: All right. Well, the physicist is Nathan Rosen. Uh, Wormholes are called Einstein Rosen bridges. Number four, not a question about Hawks. You thought this was a hockey question. It is not. Tony Hawk is a pretty good skater, but this is a question about somebody that is not Tony Hawk. What Brazilian-American skater of partially Swedish descent is known for being in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, pulling off tricks such as a fakie 900, the one-footed Smith grind, and grinding his ass right into the Grand Canyon? All right, we wagered 10
3: points on this one, and uh, one of my other favorite choices, if I wasn't going with uh, Jeff Rowley, um, it's Bobby B., Bob Bernquist, and Tony Hawk mm-hmm. Pro Skater. Uh,
2: we wagered 30 on this one, and his name actually does kind of sound like a hockey name, uh, so we we also said Bob Bernquist.
4: That is correct, Bob Bernquist. Number five, one last chance to hoist yourself with your own petard. For tis the sport to have the engineer hoist with his own petard, says Hamlet in the play Hamlet. This common phrase essentially means to be thwarted by one's own plans or makings. But what is a petard?
5: We wagered 15 on this one. Uh, love Hamlet. I know that uh, the engineer maybe plays a clue into it, but I, from what I've heard over the years, I believe it's like a an explosive or a bomb or something like that so we didn't know how specific to be so we just said a bomb that blows up
6: yeah and matt came across this one he this reminded me of a question i'd heard before so matt what'd you come up with
5: well we
2: wagered 30 on this one and uh we just think it's some kind of bomb
4: and you guys are both right it is a bomb well, that one didn't blow up in our face so yep.
5: I think this game blew up in our face, though, because if my math is correct, which it often is not, I believe we ended up losing by five, Jeff, because the team Stairmaster to Hell ended with 190 and beating us by five points is today's cream of the crop, Kale to the Chiefs.
1: I am the cream. Mm -hmm.
5: Fortune favors the bull today. How...
6: Anything is possible.
1: <laughs>
5: How heartbreaking! I I had no idea. I I was doing the math in real time, and if my math is correct, it, it shocked I me. I believe it is, but I'll double check. All right, we're gonna wait while Jeff checks, and uh, you might as well just give your victory speeches now, gentlemen, because uh, if it is if it isn't correct, you should just still take the win. Oh yeah, because they're up okay. sixty. Mm. You guys both did great today, though, to be honest. Yeah, it was a great game. Great uh, questions. I think we had about a sixty percent. Uh, um, you know approval rating, I, I suppose, not approval rating, but 60 percent get rate. We've never had a 60 percent approval rating.
6: <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Much uh, like much like my college years is right at about sixty <laughs> percent. <laughs> Season D's make degrees. D for done..
4: All right, well that'll do it for today. We want to thank again, Eric Walling for joining us. Any last shout outs today
6: uh no thank you guys for having me on um you know i love being a part of the community the the crop's always a blast uh you know i love coming on for a couple hours and spending time it's fun being on this side um i feel like i didn't make it too much of wasn't too far behind on all the questions so a great game ken uh thank you also shout out to the um the benchwarmers trivia podcast if you like sports trivia please listen to us or Myself and Matt in the very meta, BTPOT, where we just talk about our trivia games. Awesome. And really, make, we make fun of each other for how we missed easy questions. So Awesome. Thanks
4: again, Eric. I think we're going to change that from any last shout-outs to it's your chance to bask us in compliments right now. Yeah, there you go.
5: <laughs> Yeah, if you Uh, want to shower us in compliments, please. If you want to hear me on on Benchwarmers, Matt (laughs) was on Benchwarmers, and I was just on at episode 80, uh, where it was a two-on-one sports movies uh, trivia games. You can see how I fared.
4: All right. Uh, Be sure to check that out. And for Eric, Jeff, Neil, Matt, and myself, I'm Ken, and that was Triviality. Well, my my grandfather was killed by a golden poison dart frog, and this question is in bad taste. My,
6: my grandfather had a poison dart frog living in his beard.
3: <laughs> he was fine, you wuss. Well, <laughs> he
6: actually can't shave
2: it then, because they're an endangered species. I think it's its habitat now. Um...